2: Welcome to another episode of Relentlessly Resilient, where real people share real life experiences and the tools they've developed to move forward and live their best lives. I'm Jenny Taylor. And I'm Michelle Sharf. Jenny, today <laughs> every time you start like that, <laughs> Michelle, I'm like, where are we going today? Our listeners and
0: I are like, Oh, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. I'm laughing because I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but I, I'm part of a singles group and I... Meaning ma- a Facebook group? A, a Facebook group, yeah. I, I, well, well yeah, form. it is. It, okay. It's a singles group. It's called Wolfpack Singles for those of you that... Oh, you even you have that, a name? Yeah. Have t-shirts? The, they are... They're having a poll right now on, on a logo for a oh, shirt. see,
2: I'm telling people it's all
0: about the t-shirts. Yeah, it's all about the t-shirts. We have got to t-shirts. get our merch together, Jimmy.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> back ridiculous. to focus, Michelle.
0: Focus. <laughs> okay, so... Mm-hmm. Decide to go to this gratitude dinner event. It was just last night, actually. And a few days earlier, I decided, Hey, I should carpool. It's clear down in Lehigh. I'm just going to put out in the group. Maybe I'll meet some new people and we can, I can have some, some people guess. by yep. the time I get down there that I actually know this thing because I knew nobody. So I put it out there. I filled my entire car up, but before I gave my home address to meet at, I decided I should probably Facebook stalk some guys that had said, hey, I'll go with you. And I'm like, I don't know who these guys are. Didn't really expect guys to sign up to go to, you know, let some crazy woman driver drive them. So anyway, I Facebook stalked this guy and crazy story. He lost his leg in an accident pretty similar to what my son went through in November are the odds of that are you kidding and so I I I said can you call me I didn't even like it went from right in my car to can you call me I have to talk to you right now I've got to know more (laughs) of this story I need to know your story I want to hear about it and what he wrote on Facebook had so much information on resiliency I'm like he's inspiring we've got to have him oh well, I'm excited to learn more Jonah thank
2: you for joining us today
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, especially sure. for
0: some crazy lady you just met in the carpool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100%. <laughs>
0: this is going to be awesome. Yeah. Jonah, thank you for trusting me. I know you're a little bit yeah. nervous. There's no need to be. You've yep. already inspired me, and I know you have a story to inspire others. So welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Cool. Yeah. So first off, it's nice to know I'm not the only person who Facebook stalks people. <laughs> so that was very reassuring. So you <laughs> reassured me there. Uh, I was embarrassed so to name, admit that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I guess we all do it. But, yeah. uh, so my name is Jonah Thompson, and I am new to Utah within the last year. I'm creeping up on the big Five O. Uh decided to move out here from California, decided to make some changes in my life because I've gone through some changes in the last couple of years. And as I was sharing with Michelle the other day, what she found out about me out on the uh, the social platforms there is that in June of 2020... I was in a motorcycle accident and I lost the lower half of my left leg. Right. Ah. So that doesn't define me. It's not who I am. It is part of who I am now. But, you know, in part of doing that, people talk about why you went to Utah. It's like it's kind of like it inspired me to follow my passion. My passion for skiing, outdoor stuff, biking, golf. So I decided to make the move to Utah. So that's where I am. And then a lot of people always told me I have a great story. Like, cool, because we'll get into, like, how I – you know, showed my I guess my resiliency in that aspect. You know, when you face like a trauma like that, uh, and so Michelle reached out to me, and I'm like, "All right, cool. I guess I'll I'll do that." So that's a little bit about me.
0: Yeah. So tell us about the accident. Yeah, what, what happened? happened.
1: Yeah. yeah. So uh, I've been riding motorcycles, you know, five, since 2000, right? And kind of the golden rule, or at least one of my golden rules about riding motorcycles, is don't ride your bike around the city, right? Because people drive like idiots. Everywhere you are, especially when you're in like grid streets and all that stuff. And uh, I broke my roll one day and I was out for a ride. I just needed to get my dogs some dog food. It was a hot day out. It was like, you know, I could use some fresh air. Let's jump on the bike let's go to a Safeway. Got some dog food, shorts, T-shirts, whatever. Uh, as I was on my way home, I was going down a like, I guess, a three lane street with one lane each way and a turn lane in the middle and the person in front of me did not know where they were going. And so it's, it was on a motorcycle, you're, you're kind of hyper-aware of idiot drivers. Uh, and sure enough, this person I knew did not know where they're going. So in the back of my mind, like, I need to get around this person or back off this person uh, as soon as possible because they're going to cause an accident, they're going to do something. They got in the middle lane a couple times, and then finally they got in there like they were going to turn. And so I'm thinking, great, I'm in the clear. Well, what I didn't know is they didn't know that was a turn or not, so they laid somebody through a stop sign. So Uh, they're on the left. I'm going straight. Uh, I can't see her. She can't see me. As I passed the truck, we kind of gave each other the, you know, the look of death, like that we locked eyes for a second. And I feel bad for her. She was a young kid and just kind of made a split second decision. It's either slam on the brakes and go over the front of the car or try and gun it and go past. I chose option B, but unfortunately it was too late for option B. And I got clipped on the left side. Oh, my gosh. And hit T-bones. Flipped over my motorcycle, tried to stand up, realized that my you know my leg below the knee was basically a pile of mush, gimped my way over to the sidewalk, and uh, urgently called out for someone to bring me a tourniquet as as soon as possible because <laughs> I saw all the blood squirting out and it was just not the way I wanted to spend my day. So yeah, that was the story of my. So you say this Uh, almost
2: so nonchalantly, like were you that coherent? Were you that coherent that day? Like were you processing this step by step? Darn, there's a lot of blood. I need a tourniquet. Like what was your emotional state in the moment?
1: In the moment, I was surprisingly calm. I'm like, so I'm in downtown Sacramento, and I'm like, and I see just blood. I'm like, oh Can I swear? I'm off. I'm like, I need a tourniquet. I need a tourniquet. I'm like, I need a effing tourniquet. And some homeless dude came over and like takes his shirt off. So luckily, I don't have hep C or anything, but he takes his shirt off, ties it on my leg.
2: Oh, bless uh, his heart.
1: Yeah. And I remember, that, and luckily, you know, the one nice thing about being downtown, the ambulance was there in like three or four minutes. And it's funny because when I went back and uh, looked at the police report, and I was, I remember being pretty coherent through most of it. But there was a funny line on the police report where We said, hey, do you know what happened? And I, I think, like, I don't know if this is verbatim, it said, I remember going about 20, 25 miles an hour. The next thing I remember was pain. Like, that was like, that was my record. I was driving along and then it hurt. 100%. Yeah. Okay. So,
2: sounds to me like if we had video of this, we're probably all glad you're alive. I mean, this doesn't, I mean, not not that we're glad you lost your leg, but holy cow, how was the rest of you not equally beat up?
1: A couple things really came into play. Number one, it was a car, not a truck. So, it caught me low.
2: Lower to the ground. Um,
1: Okay. Yeah, lower to the ground. So I didn't get any really upper body injuries. The other thing is, you know, I've, I've lived a rough lifestyle. I had a lot of crashes and bike falls and stuff. So I do know how to fall pretty well. I think in a prior life, I might have been a stuntman. So I, I do remember kind of going over the, like. <laughs> it's like, I totally know how to take the bars. this. <laughs> I, I did like a great little like shoulder barrel roll. So I had like a little bruise on my shoulder. And I just rolled into it and like almost popped up. So wow. I was almost, it was almost like a moment of being cool. Aside from the fact that. Half my leg was was
2: was no longer uh, with was you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was there, but it was not really functioning. So it was almost a, it was almost a cool dismount. Wow, but, um, did not quite finish the dismount. So due to, not that it uh, matters.
0: Injuries. Not that it matters to the story, but for all of those in hometown Sacramento, Sutter Memorial or Mercy General.
1: It was I went to UC Davis. Oh wow, So, UC Davis. so you were out cost. west well, no. a little. No, UC Davis, they have a hospital in downtown Sacramento. So oh, they do like now? Been the greatest. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, so crazy. They do. Look but how I, it's
2: changed. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So tell us what happens next. When did you know you were going to lose your leg? What was that process like? You I've did, never exactly. been amputated. Like, were you equally coherent to yeah. that? Like, okay, dude, take my leg. Here I go.
1: Tell us a little about yeah. the experience of
2: actually losing the leg.
1: When I got to the hospital, um, they put or like a real tourniquet on finally. Which is probably the most painful part of this whole process right like they clamp that thing on and i'm looking down and you know they're trying to dress the wound still and they're taking off I'm like dude that thing's that's not good right yeah. and they did do a couple surgeries so i think i i think my accident was on thursday Uh luckily my mom was in town my mom lives in connecticut and she was out visiting getting ready to come back and and if we have time to get into stories of all the times that I've traumatized my mom with my injuries. Bless uh, your mother. Yeah. <laughs> we hit on this a little bit last yeah. night
0: on our drive home. And I, he's like, yeah. you know, my mom still worries about me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Cause she's, she's your mom. Your mom.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Right. It's, Jenny? <laughs> it's,
1: been going on, it's been going on since the, since the crib up to, uh, through high school, through now, I, I can't tell you how um, many
2: times I say to my wild kids, especially like, are you are you trying to give me a heart attack? Like you know this is going to kill me, right? Like okay, fine, as long as we're all aware, keep going. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 so I'm in. The, I, so I remember being in the hospital, and you got this was June 2020, so they had all the COVID restrictions in place. So first off, you're in ICU, which is limited anyways, and then they really limit people who can come. You know, obviously they got me on the good drugs when I'm in there, but I'm still cognizant coherent i know what's going on they did a couple surgeries and i think my last surgery was on a i think it was on the sunday maybe or the saturday and they're trying to get blood flow to the leg but that wasn't happening so i remember having the discussion or i partially remember having the discussion about amputation being the best option because if they did try to salvage the leg i'd probably be you know limited in what i could do because it's never going to heal right how many uh, so fractures saying, were in that fibia? I think it was just mashed. I don't oh. even know. I I don't know yeah. if I ever saw the extra. I think it was just like a mash. I think most of the issue was the blood flow because mm-hmm. all the everything was smashed in down there. So yeah. it couldn't get any blood flow. So there's no no chance of it healing. So we decided and I think my mom was there. Like I said, this is I'm on pretty heavy Dilaudid at the time. Uh I think she was there. We made the decision and I remember coming out of the surgery when they did the amputation. And I, I think I told Michelle this last night. I remember her like she was kind of by the bed and you know, I could see like the worried look. She like Do you you know what happened? I'm like, yeah, they cut my effing leg off, right? It's like, once again, nonchalant. (laughs) She's like, okay. I'm like, yeah, cool, I'm good, right? It really wasn't a choice at that point. So it was like, okay, cool, what's next?
2: So not a lot of sleep loss trying to decide what to do there, just done.
1: Uh, It was done. I mean, like, if I had Tiger Woods' money and his doctors, maybe, but it was a, a slim chance of, trying to go back to, um, any sort of normal activity, or normal lifestyle. So wow. that was the best choice. And I'm okay, cool. Okay. Well, it.
2: I'm already learning a lot from your attitude because this is like, what? Just kind of, here we are. All right. Jonah, we're going to take a break and come back okay. and we're going to dive into, so now what you're otherwise accident yeah. prone, but healthy. Now you don't have one of the legs. Yeah. What does that look like? Let's jump into it. And we get right back. Right, Jonas, so you've lost your leg. Sounds like it yep. was pretty matter-of-fact, not a lot of debate, not a lot of emotional should we, shouldn't we, do we, don't we. What next? What does the rehab of that yeah. look like? Do you use a crutch? Are you in a wheelchair? Do you walk ever again? Like, this is still pretty recent. 2020 is a couple years ago. Now what? You've lost a leg. You used to have two. You have uh, one.
1: Yeah. yeah, so now what? So I'm very fortunate to be surrounded by a, a good group of friends and family, you know, and you never know who you're going to need at the right time. And I actually had a friend I went to high school with and he was he actually worked for hanger prosthetics right so he was one of the first people to reach out so one of my other friends thought you know obviously he let everybody know on facebook he started go fund me the usual stuff you know he's one of my best friends and my other friend gave through the extension of that found out and he's like dude right away he reached out and said hey just so you know i i work for hanger i'm going to send somebody in we're going to start talking about prosthetics now so like by day three i already have a a rep coming in and we're talking about what's next, what the plans are, because for me, that's like the logistics of things. Like, yeah, I'm going to need a leg. Right. But for me, it's like, I'm <laughs> going
2: to need a leg. I mean, most <laughs> of us like having yeah. two legs.
1: Oops. It's gone. Uh, so, so that was cool. So I got, I, I learned and like, I'm I'm the type of person like diving right away. So I started researching everything. But for me, like the, the biggest thing for me and outside of like friends and family, the thing that I'm most, passionately passionate about is skiing right hence why i'm in utah Um, and yeah so that's that's what i'm most passionate about and i I gotta tell you one of the first things that came to mind is like looking down my leg and like "Uh uh-oh what about skiing because that's like you know kind of or how i identify and like it's the most thing i'm passionate about and so immediately as i'm doing like so what's next is my thoughts are all turning to okay how fast will we back, get back on skis? Because that's going to be like the indicator for you to say, this is another injury that you just got past." Right. So everything. Yeah, that's um, an incredible attitude. Yeah. Your question yeah. wasn't,
2: will I ever get back on skis? Your question was how fast will I get back on skis? Yeah. I mean that, yeah. that right there is a certain mindset that yeah. this, I guess yeah. one more thing's not going to stop me. Here yeah. I go. Okay. <laughs> keep, keep going.
1: Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. To that, I guess I, I, I can say that I've played hurt my whole life. Like, I've always had something broken, torn, a surgery. So for me, the way I internalized this and looked at this was, hey, it's another injury. This one's kind of worse. It kind of sucks. I'm missing a body part, <laughs> right? So kind of sucks, but just like every other injury. I gonna love play this. Through I, or I, I'm missing a <laughs> body part. Sure. I've had
0: surgeries. I played hurt. It's bad. <laughs> this uh, is just another time. level. <laughs> <laughs> I just think I'm not yeah. dead yet, Monty Python. <laughs> I'm not dead yet.
1: <laughs> they've they've been trying to kill me for years um so yeah so that for me it was okay so that's my measuring stick of of that's my comeback right and so Mm. immediately was okay you know it's it's funny because the whole time i'm in the hospital like i was kind of still working i work in software i'm in software sales and i remember like the next week um and for me i can't just stop like cool i like to chill and hang out as much as the next person but for me, like I like being involved, I like working, I like doing stuff, and that that type of stuff. Funny, I remember joining a Zoom call for like one of our all hands meetings. I think it was the Monday or Tuesday after my accident, and I'm, like, I'm in the ICU, and I'm like, I like, join on the camera, like, dude, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm kind of bored, man. I want to. <laughs> I joined in that, so it's kind of like for me, it was just get back to business as usual, focus on solving the immediate problems I have. It's like, cool, I'm you know my living situation and. You know, from an equipment standpoint, where what's the prosthetic going to be like? How quick can it get started? And just back to life, back to normal. Like, I'm not going to let something like this really change that much about me. So that's just been, always been my mentality. If you get hurt or you get knocked down or something happens to you, just keep moving on.
2: So you kept moving on. How long did it take you to get back on skis?
1: So I think it was, so my accident was June 29th and, no, June 25th, I believe. And Squaw Valley opening day was November 25th. So that was always my target opening day. That's typically the like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. They tricked me and they opened the Tuesday, but I I wasn't off work. So I did not make opening day, but I believe it was exactly five months.
2: So wait a second. You lost your Mm -hmm. leg in June and you skied that immediate fall?
0: In five months. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. And Isn't that That's no, it's crazy. <laughs> Ginny. I can't see. Yes. <laughs> I have two legs and I can't figure it out. So can I, we talk I a little video, bit? Sorry. I mean, obviously yeah. we yeah. know your
2: attitude is a huge part of it and we want to see some of that yeah. video. Wouldn't that be fun to share on our yes. social media? Send us some video yeah. clips. Okay. So okay. this is, we can tell from your voice, from your energy, from your, just the way you say things, you're going to get this. There's no if it's just how. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit. What did you learn You'd already learned a lot of lessons prior to this accident it sounds like. Yeah. What did you learn about resilience from this particular experience especially that short timeline between darn I lost a leg and here I back up on the powder. <laughs> like t- teach yeah. us do yeah. not just your go get a attitude walk us through the struggle. There had to have been hard times in that process. It uh-huh. couldn't have just been easy and here I am. Can you tell us a little more of that grit? What was your resilience lesson learning yeah. like in that time that few months?
1: I think it's the immediacy of things. Like I, I could have sat there and woe is me, dwelled on my injury, my trauma in the hospital and kind of got, you know, blah, blah, blah. But for me, it was like, okay, cool. What's next? So I, I think when you're faced with tragedy, trauma, whatever it is, like there's some immediacy about how do you approach that? Because if you take it from a negative, that negativity is going to fester and it's going to kind of build and that's going to be what consumes you, right? If you take Absolutely. it, I'm not saying it's a positive, but you take a different attitude and say, okay, cool. This sucks. Uh, how am I going to get past this? And you just keep kinda, coming that, back that to that build? word,
2: how? Not if yeah. I can ever do yes. this again. Why did this have to happen to me? How am I going to do it? I
0: think that's a talked, powerful tool, that absolutely. how word. Yeah. So we've talked about this many yeah. times on our podcast, actually. It's really being able to face the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. And I love that you are immediately like, yep, they took my leg. And then your next question was like, okay, how am I going to ski? tell me
2: even with this great attitude and I'm a big champion and let's yeah. get to work. Yeah. Tell me you had dark days. Tell me it was a struggle.
1: Uh so there were there were days and I and I think to kind of sum up that it's it's funny because I think my friends and my family took it harder than I did, right? So immediately For sure I'm like, your oh, mom whatever, 100% my mom. So yeah, I like I have this great attitude and and I'll tell you there were I remember a couple days that really sucked. Like there was you know, I, there was a day that I, like when it, right when I got out of the hospital, I remember going to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and forgetting I'm missing my leg and get out of this and step on my, on the bottom of my, my limb, my stump. It's got a fresh wound and I'm coming out of the bed. Bam. It's like, you got hit with a sledgehammer, right? And I was like, okay, cool. Oh. That, that wakes you up. So that was like a quick lesson. And then I remember there was a day, it was it was super hot in the middle of August. I had my leg off and I remember trying to go out the car and I had my, or not my crutch, I was using my crutches and the asphalt was really hot and i'm out there and my crutches just slip out from underneath me and there i am laying on the street grimy sweating i'm like dude are you for real so there's there were many falls that happened but you fall you process it you do whatever you need to do and then you just kind of like push it out of your system right so yeah the the negativity comes in there but the quicker you can flush that from your system you just get back on to you know what your goals are and what you want to do And, you know, if you don't process it, I think that's the biggest problem. You're going to have your falls. You're going to get fall, get beat up, whatever. Things aren't going to work properly. Deal with it, process it, flush it out, move on, and move on to what's next. That's kind of the attitude I have. Okay,
2: I love it. I want to learn more. So tell me about your goal-setting process. Like you said, you're going to go for your goals. Is your goal just, I have no leg, I want to ski? Do you set up for yourself baby steps and milestones along the way that you're going to reach? Or do you just like, full force, i got to get to the end goal? (laughs)
1: So most of the time it's just full force, just go for it. Like I said, my initial goal was to at least be back on skis for opening day. And so that one I hit, I realized, you know, it's funny, like I probably skied better than most people do even on my first day back. But it's still, for me, I have very high standards. So my goal kind of transformed more into a longer goal is to get my skiing ability back to exactly where I was. I know it will probably never happen just from just equipment issues, that kind of stuff. Being realistic, but I'm getting pretty close. The big goal is getting back on skis, and then baby steps after that. So it's full force to that original goal, and then we do some fine tuning along the way.
0: That's so awesome! I, that's impressive. Yeah. So on our way home last night, we were talking about these things and the fact that he was able to get back on it. He does ride still.
1: Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 not not yet. I will. I will be though. Oh, okay. But sorry, mom. But uh, yeah, not yet. But I will be. uh, I thought you said you did.
0: I said, Oh, yeah, you know, do you ride still? I thought you said you did. And I was like, my son's already riding," And you're like, good for him. And I'm like, No, that's not good for him. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) And and it's the whole perspective, right? I'm the mom, you're the son. Like, it's it's that whole perspective. And it doesn't matter how old you are. Until I'm 90, I will be concerned about my children. So can
2: I ask you, Jonah, in all of this, what was your work or your livelihood at the time? And did your accident impact your ability to make a living?
1: Luckily, I work in software sales. So I've been remote forever. Like I said, I continued working pretty much through, you know, at the time I was working for another company, my CEO graciously said, hey, take all the time you need, we'll pay you whatever you need to do. And I just jumped right back in. It hasn't really affected my work. Just because I'm in front of a computer all day long, right? It doesn't really
0: Okay.
1: I'm lucky in that aspect, knowing that there's people who have suffered catastrophic injuries that need to be on their feet or sure. need to be but you know, using their hands. Like...
0: But you're not done yet either. What are the other goals that you told me about last night?
1: Um, water see, I... surfing. Surfing, oh, yeah, water yeah, sports. Yeah, yeah. She said yeah, water exactly. sports, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what I've learned like with this type of injury is like a lot of things are easy to pick up. Like skiing was easy for me to get back into I think my golf games better than it was before I ride downhill mountain bikes the biggest challenge I think is any sort of water sport so I had planned on going to Portugal to go to surf camp at one point and that would be prior to the accident that kind of obviously that you know COVID and that kind of threw that for a loop and so I like on my list and my bucket list of things to do um, and I know they make different like surf legs and things like that so I do want to research that because When you're working with a prosthetic, water is challenging, Mm -hmm. right? Because it gets in there, it affects the way it fits. It's just not as easy to adapt to things as other types of sports. I did try wakeboarding um, last summer. Didn't really have much success. It was part equipment issues. And, you know, also I was scared of losing my leg and having it sink to the bottom of the bottom of the lake too. It'd
2: be an expensive thing (laughs) to lose while skiing. right? Right.
1: yeah just, if you have time i actually have a funny story about snow basin when i did lose my leg and my ski and my boot um
2: okay wait we're gonna so, take a break so. and come back and hear that you <laughs> legit lost your prosthetic going down the mountain <laughs> <laughs> okay nobody's going anywhere yeah. jonah hold on we're coming yeah. right back we want to hear
0: the story <laughs>
2: Okay, we're right back. Jonah, you lost your leg. I mean, you lost your leg the first time on the motorcycle. Then yeah. you physically lost the replacement yeah. leg. Tell us about that story. Then we're gonna learn a little uh, bit yeah. more.
1: Yeah, so I live in South Ogden, so I ski snow basin a lot. I you know, ski the other resorts, but I'm out there one day. I push myself still on skis, and I was out in strawberry fields under the gondola, coming down through this, you know, somewhat steeper, rocky area, and I actually lost my good ski right my good ski hit a rock popped off and so in the process of trying to like roll over because i'm on a pretty steep hill roll over and get some momentum to be able to climb up hill to grab my other ski i start sliding down the hill and the sliding and the vibration actually shakes my left prosthetic my boot and my ski off my leg so you got to think now there's no brakes on the skis and this ski is flying down the hill like like a missile right and luckily luckily it's a weekday so there's not a lot of people
2: oh my Man. goodness so, uh,
1: there's a ski a boot and a leg flying down the hill <laughs> i see some people see a missile i see about ten thousand dollars going down the hill right so, so I'm like, Please stop 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 right? and it, it got about 300 yards down the hill falls over and i'm down stuck on the side of the hill i got one leg my other ski is about 10 yards up the hill because i slid down and so, some snowboarder dude rolls up to my ski, and he like was like looked down, like "What the hell?" Is I'm like, "Dude, it's me." So, one thing, I, one one lesson I did learn is always keep ski patrol's number in your phone. So I called ski patrol. I'm like, "Hey, man." Uh, um in strawberry fields i'm like uh you know i literally just lost my leg
0: my legs down the hill with my ski and boot (laughs) i I love getting that call as the ski patrol
1: (laughs) verbatim i think it was like this i'm like i'm on strawberry fields, like 20 yards left of the rope line uh i'm not hurt but i lost my leg and i need some help they're like uh What? <laughs> you need here, a right?
0: little more information, please, sir. You're not hurt. You so, lost your leg. Was
2: the leg salvageable? Did you get the prosthetic back in, in full usability?
1: Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, so the, the patroller the patroller ski down and he's like he's like, dude, you weren't joking. I'm like, Yeah. He's like, okay, what do we do? I said, like, Well, if you can get my other ski, I said, I can ski down on one ski. And then I got down there and unfortunately at this point now my prosthetic is like full of snow. Ah. <sighs> like, okay. So anyway, so I ended the day. So luckily I managed to um, salvage like, you know, it was everything was still fittable. Like I lost all the fit because of all the snow, but I was able to slide my leg in and get myself down the hill. But yeah, the uh, hopefully the I don't know who I don't know the patroller's name, but hopefully he tells that story over beers. Oh, no, <laughs> and, I'm uh, sure that's a, <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> oh, that's a great story. Yeah,
2: that is a great, unique story. All right, Jonah, what resilience it sounds like you were just born with a lot of it or you've just had so much experiencing uh, experiences with accidents and injuries and you just got this can-do attitude. Anything you would teach yeah. us and our listeners? I know you've touched on a couple of the things, but if you had to put it into words, how do you help someone who's struggling with something physical, emotional, yeah. financial, whatever it is? Give yeah. us some, break it down yeah. into some steps or some mindsets that have helped you not only through this loss of leg, but your whole life of driving yeah. your mother crazy. Help us out here. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so um, I don't know if it's universally applied, but kind of this is the way I really look at it is after this accident, I'm a very rational, methodical person. So I kind of break these down in, you know, there's physical challenges there's mental challenges and emotional challenges. So in my situation with a traumatic injury, physical challenges are obvious. I can look down, I can see right now, dude, half your legs gone, right? So you can solve those with, you know, for me, this is kind of how I approach it is. I can train differently. I can solve it with equipment right i can you know figure things out like how am i going to solve the physical challenge i wouldn't say that's easy but it's it's solvable right there's yeah. the mental challenge right so the mental challenges are needing to kind of keep a balanced and rational approach to how are you going to solve this problem what's still in scope out of scope what can you do not do and put some thought around this. So like, okay, my leg's not working the right way I wanted it to today. What am I going to do next? How are we going to fix it? Once again, not ideal, but still fairly easy. I think the biggest one, and, you know, especially with a traumatic injury like mine, is the emotional challenge, right? And so this is like where I, this is probably still work in progress for me is the emotions of sometimes having to you tell yourself, no, you can't. Like, I, I don't, I'm not a big no guy. Like, mm. tell me I can't do something and I'll do it yeah and so whether it comes to you know just physical things or being able to ski what i want to do or being looking up at something and saying man i want to go i want to go see that line and like uh you got to tell yourself uh hey you're, you're you're not right today or your legs not working to right right or your equipment's not right today you got to tell yourself no and that's a hard thing to tell yourself yeah uh, and so I kind of put those in those three buckets: really the so, physical, the mental, and the emotional.
0: So, is and the it first all two are about...
1: easy? The last one is it's always a work in progress, right? Is because so,
0: that's know, learning limitations, right? You
1: know, the, 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 the path I've been on life with a lot of ups and downs, um, a lot of injuries, been everywhere and anywhere. Uh, I've kind of always looked at it from that angle. So, solve the problems you can, and then the the, the like I said, the tough one is the emotional working through that, learning to say. Oh, guess what? I'm not being able to do that today and not be down on yourself for that.
0: Yeah. So so, I think I'm
1: pretty good about that, but there's some days where it does suck.
0: So that's learning about your limitations, right? It's being able to say today is not a good day to take that on. It doesn't necessarily mean another day you can't, but really starting to understand your limitations is that's what I'm hearing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, Well, first off, understanding there are limitations, right? That's all. Yeah. And sometimes that's the first.
2: No, but no, I totally get you because especially everything you've said so far, not only do you have to say, hey, I have limitations, but there's such a thing as a limit. And that's got to be part of that mental. Like you said, the physical is a little more obvious and out of your hands. The mental to be able to accept that probably feeds into the emotional. Yeah. Ability, but that that's powerful. I love that you broke it down to physical, mental, and emotional. I appreciate your yeah. honesty. That physical is probably the easiest, even though that's yeah. almost counterintuitive. <laughs> right, so like physical physical is sometimes so hard, so out of control, so completely out of our hands, and yet analytically, maybe the easiest to wrap your brain around. Mental, again, you sound like a very logical, methodical person. You're kind yeah. of reasoning with yourself, and we've talked about that, mm-hmm. Michelle taking the time to, whether you're having the conversation with a friend, a professional, help someone reason through it, make your pros and cons, get yourself some clarity on the situation. And then that emotional, I'm going to say, I love that you still said, and some days it still sucks because I think there's some validation in that. Cause if you just said, I lost my leg, no big deal. I went skiing. No big deal. Everything's great. No big deal. I'm going to think you're amazing, but I'm not going to be able to relate to you. Because yeah. there's days when I don't feel amazing and days mm-hmm. I don't feel like I can get the ski down the mountain. And so to hear yeah. you acknowledge, sometimes I got to tell myself, okay, not today, not today. And yeah. that's hard. And it's also okay. So that I appreciate yeah, it, that. That's, that's powerful.
1: Yeah. Uh, so that That's really, that's really the hardest thing is, is, um, you know, when you do something at, a high, at such a high level, and then you got to, you and then all of a sudden these limits are kind of like put in place and being able to accept that and being able to, I'd be emotionally okay with that. It it, it it is hard. And there's, you know, there's other times when, like sometimes it's just getting out of bed and your leg doesn't fit in your prosthetic. It's like, dude, you swole up overnight. Really? Guess what? Yeah, hop to the, hop to the shower now. That's fun. Yeah. Right, so, so, <laughs> well, I didn't even again, think
2: about that. You know, yeah. There could be
0: some differences. <laughs> <Just> the biology <laughs> of it. Yeah. yeah. If you swell up too you, much you or it. lose some weight, then it, it's a readjustment. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot fun, that goes into time. it. That's crazy. So I I love this and I love so many things about your story. I love that you are able to, there's a lot of messages on resiliency in your story. The fact that you can accept what has happened, face the truth of the matter. um, The fact that you are like, okay, how am I going to do it? And what's next? And then understanding that there are limitations and accepting them. And acceptance is an important part of building resiliency, understanding that sometimes we do meet our limitations and we can accept that that was our best today. And you can accept something you don't like. Right. I mean, that doesn't mean you're just Pollyanna.
2: Everything's great. You can still be frustrated. And I love what you said, Jonah too, that let yourself feel that or process it. I can't remember what word you used. Don't sweep it under the rug to get mad later. Just own it and say, yeah, this is what it Uh, is. But no, that's so true. Yeah. You
1: you process process and flush. You Ooh, deal with it. That's another t
0: shirt. <laughs> process
2: and flush. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that could be the theme for your singles group T shirts.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think it'll be a fun one. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Either. You're all you're
2: all going through relationships that may or may not be worth hanging on to. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah. Jonah, well, this in so many has ways. Very inspiring. I mean, just your energy cool. alone. What if we all woke up that determined to yeah. do anything today I mean, most of us kind of just drag ourselves especially on a monday or whatever yeah. but listen to that energy jonah you've really inspired me i appreciate Do your you being see well why i share. had to have much well, oh, so yeah. i
0: read the post and then i'm like can you call me and then he calls me and he meet, greets me with that much energy and i'm like dude you're on my show yeah, you're in. and i've got i've got an opening tomorrow i will make time for you now i'm like tell me what time oh, we okay, will shift everything around have
2: you have you written a book because i think you've got a story that could yeah, inspire absolutely. And bless your poor mother, uh, so, she not, might not want to read it. <laughs> all the stories, so, all the experiences.
1: Yeah, so I have it. And here's so after, I look, my, my, one of my best friends, he's very involved in nonprofits. And, you know, everyone says, hey, dude, you need to tell your story. And He's actually started like a, a nonprofit. And the goal is to eventually turn my story into some sort of, you know uh, message to inspire other yeah. athletes there's, it's called team unstoppable foundation because i have this phrase that i say i'm unstoppable that's kind of been one of my mantras through this through actually through life is uh, i'm unstoppable there's some jokes there's some inside jokes behind that that are pretty funny but um, that's kind of my next thing and i think one of the one of the harder things for me to do with to get to the point of telling my story or doing something is and this is something I, this is another thing I really struggle with. I don't identify as like disabled or handicapped or anything. Really, I, I'm still coming to terms with the fact. To me, I'm just me. Yeah. Like, so I totally hear you. Identifying the fact that I have limitations, and like you know, one of the, you know one of the things I did in the last week is I did reach out to like the National Ability Center in Park City, in Park City, to They're see amazing. what kind of like yep. you know, a, adaptive or you know, because I wa- kind of want to get into some competitions, but I also feel like. I, I don't feel like I fit in because I'm like, I still think I'm me. I still, it have not really changed me And that maybe
2: much. that's part of your resilience. Like you said, at the very beginning, you introduced yourself and said, yeah, I lost my leg around amputee, but that doesn't define me. It's mm-hmm. part of my story, no. but that's not, no. it, and you're not walking around saying, I am now a disabled amputee or this is my identity. It, no. It's part of me, sure, uh, uh, but so is the color of my hair or the size uh, of my feet or whatever. Uh, so I love that that, yeah. Plays into your resilience, but I do think that you even even that simple offering, you know, whether you wrote a book or did public speaking or whatever through this foundation. And I love the name Team Unstoppable. What if we really all believed we were unstoppable? I heard a guy recently yeah, that gave an awesome quote. He said, "It's the start that stops most people." So many of us right? think we're we're so convinced we're stoppable that we don't even try to start, or we don't know how to start, or where to start. I think you could help people see the ability to start by believing you're unstoppable. That it's possible, and it's just a matter of how rather than if. Because when we're asking if, if, if and why, 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 those are just damning terms versus how. Okay, how is now analytical? How is now methodical? How is approachable? So I, I'm really looking forward to what you yeah, do at that foundation.
1: That's, yeah, that's 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 like the next iteration of this whole recovery process or, or moving on process is like cool, uh, you know, yeah, I, I think I got, I got a good story and I just need to get comfortable with, I think I told you the other day that like coming on this, is like, okay, cool, this is awesome. I'm, I'm nervous as heck. But yeah, that's kind of the next iteration is is hopefully, I'd like to hope that I could inspire somebody who's better in my situation or gone through my situation. It's like, dude, it's not all that bad, right? You, know, yeah. if you can recover really quickly. Uh, some days I even forget, some days I forget about it. I'm like, oh, oh okay, oops, I gotta take my leg off. <laughs> so yeah, so that's um, kind of the next, the next step for me is hopefully using this to, you know, maybe get sort of some sort of platform and inspire others who've been through the same trauma or journey, or whatever. Yeah.
2: Well, we, we are going to follow you on that journey. Team Unstoppable Foundation. Absolutely. That's be awesome. I, I'm so
0: excited <laughs> to meet you, Jenna. And I, I know that okay. we're going to hang out and be fast friends. I, I loved going uh, yep. down with you yesterday, uh, spending some time. Uh, on my back patio last night it was awesome yeah. we'd love to support you in that it's thank only you up here so, up from here yeah, yeah s- thank you so much for sharing uh your story for your optimism just
2: the energy man like yeah that up
0: i know <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> can i get some of that when, <laughs> can you market when that the, when the yeah, when
0: the snow comes, you'll have to spend a day on the hill with me. That'll be fun. Uh, well, did you hear me say I have two yeah, legs? I did hear Dude, and you I can't can. tell the guy God. you're not willing to
1: try to ski
2: if he goes down on one leg, Michelle.
0: I'm I sorry. John has traumatized no, I, me. I went, So my husband had this idea that he was going to propose to me on a mountain hill, uh, on a ski hill. And he, mm-hmm. he thought, well, you're so coordinated. This will be easy. We ended up getting in the biggest fight there was a lady ski instructor <laughs> who came down and said, I hope that's not your boyfriend. Cause he's a. Word. <laughs> and I didn't learn about that till later, but he had my ring in his pocket and he oh, was devastated funny. because it was up on homewood ski resort. And we, he wanted to propose to me overlooking yeah. Lake Tahoe, oh, that's which was so which is my favorite place on earth. But, um, Anyway, never so say never I Michelle.
2: I believe Jonah can get you down yeah. that mountain. I,
0: if you have the <laughs> patience of a saint, I might be willing to <laughs> put my trauma aside and just figure it out. I or Jonah, she to. might meet you at the
1: lodge. So, <laughs> uh, 50, there's, there's, there's always après-ski. ski can always happen too. Right? <laughs> okay. That's I love it.
0: Okay, well thank you so All much right. for being on. Thank you for connecting with me and becoming a fast friend and I look forward to building a friendship with you in the future. And thank you so much for sharing your story with our listeners.
2: Okay, you guys, if you're listening, we hope you love that. We're sure you did. Go like us, find us on your different podcast platforms. But Jonah brought up a really good point. He has a story without really identifying it as a story so maybe you've been through something that you don't see as trauma or disabled yeah. or what because it is just who you are but it's not defining who you are we still want to hear the story so contact us find us let us learn with and from you you can find us on social media at relentlessly resilient podcast or email us directly
0: at rrpodcast at ksl.com. and whatever you do today Remember to be kind. You have no idea the struggles others are dealing with in their lives. Have a great day.
1: I'm Dave Cawley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home.